0: Magandang araw, kabayan! Welcome to Today with Tata Eko. Samahan niyo ako sa ilang minutong balitaktakan at pakikipanayam sa mga katulad nating migrante mula sa iba-ibang panig ng mundo. Samahan niyo akong hanapin ang mabuti sa isang mundong balot ng pag-alinlangan at hamon ng buhay sa pamamagitan ng paglalahad ng mga karanasan ng mga kapwa natin OFWs. There is goodness in this world that needs to be unraveled and we just need to look at the right places. Join us as we meet regular people like you and me who are trying to find their place in this world and see goodness beyond the challenges of daily life as migrant workers scattered all over the globe. Ako si Tatay Eko at ito ang Today with Tatay Eko. Help me to welcome our guest for today. He's involved in project management for a multinational financial corporation with a regional office in Singapore and is actually a nurse by training. We'll talk to, that, to him about that in a bit. He has been a migrant a worker for about six years and he's soon to be a father to a baby boy and he plays badminton and goes trail biking. Friends, please welcome Mr. Ed Martin Siangyo. Hi, Ed. Hi, Tatayako. Good afternoon. Hi, good afternoon. Thank you for saying yes to uh, the podcast interview today. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> tagal ng reaction. Okay. Anyway, So let's start with uh, the interview for today. Uh, maybe my first question would have to be, how did you OFW and uh, what pushed you to seek opportunities overseas?
1: The honest answer is I really didn't. I was happy with my career in Manila. I was working in, for a construction company there. They're just... Came an opportunity. Um, a, a former colleague from a different place that I used to work in um, sent me an email, and he sent me he uh, he told me that there's an opening here in Singapore, and if I'm interested, so that one minute decision to say okay, let's give it a shot that kind of snowballed into this six year career that I have now here in Singapore. So I didn't really. How should I say this? I I didn't really seek it. It just really came up and I just took the opportunity when it came along. So I wasn't really actively applying, going to websites, submitting my CVs. It it just so happened that there was an opportunity and I grabbed it.
0: Wow. That's 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 pretty cool cuz you know not all migrant workers actually go through that same thing. Um wow. yeah. Could you describe us your first year overseas as a migrant worker? When coming here to Singapore,
1: except for the extreme cleanliness and the organization and their crazy, awesome airport, it didn't really feel like I was overseas. The people here, um, the, the food, the, the culture, it was quite parallel to what we had in the Philippines. So it didn't really feel that much, it didn't really feel that heavy for me, or it didn't really feel that different. I I had a very, I had a really supportive, I had quite a supportive Filipino community here in Singapore that I was in constant communication with in badminton and in church. As much as I want to give a colorful story of how difficult it was, actually it wasn't. I came to Singapore with only thirty Singapore dollars in my pocket. I was waiting oh, wow. for my really? I was waiting, I was waiting for my first check for my paycheck to arrive, and these awesome blessing uh set of people who who did nothing but support me because they said you know they they know how it felt to be they know how it felt to come to a a foreign land for the first time and they lent me money. They gave me tips. They gave me advice. They never, I I never really felt alone. Um, The first year was not as as uncomfortable as most people. You know, I, I, I'm pretty sure that people hearing this story would already say that I'm quite lucky, but it's kind of true. I was, I felt really lucky because I I've heard the horror stories that most people had to go through just to have an opportunity like mine, and uh, hindi ako dun, eh. the The reality was, I a lot of people supported me and helped me to be where I am, and the adjustment that I only had to do was. And, and i i was i really grew up not eating spicy food and here I had to get accustomed to eating really really spicy food and that's pretty much it the culture the environment the work the work expectations they were pretty much the same
0: is it any different now that you've been here for about six years as a migrant worker
1: significantly different, but not in the sense that most people would think. It's different because I got acclimatized to the culture, to the locals. I've got acclimatized to the work environment, the, the, the nuances in the work environment. They're not really that different except for the fact that when you're a foreign worker, you're an immigrant worker, you will always be, um, there will always be that, that fact, that contention that you are a visitor. You are an outsider. And going through five years of being a part of that minority in this country have made me accept certain behaviors and it they it's made me accept my current position, the 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 role that I play in their economy and the role that I play in their in the bigger organization. It's different because I would say I would dare say that and most Filipinos, uh, most Filipino migrant workers would feel this. Priorities will shift. When I came here in Singapore, the plan was: okay, I'm just a contract worker. I will save enough money, then I'll go back to the Philippines. Just I'm just gonna give it around three to four years, and afterwards, wala na, tama na. But as you go along and you start realizing that you can build stronger roots and can do more here in this foreign land, your the timeline of your um, of your plants get stretched. They get bigger, they get longer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I met my wife while, uh, I met and got married. I met my wife and I got married while I was already here in Singapore. And um, the objectives that I had before, in 2014 when I first came here, is very di- very different from my current objectives now that I'm about to build my family and you know I try to mm-hmm. um, I try to strive for the ultimate Filipino dream of being financially uh, financial freedom or financially free mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I, I guess that's the biggest uh, that's the biggest change that's the biggest difference your lum mamumula na mas marami ka pang pwedeng gawin, mas maraming oportunidad na kung an, kung gaano ka sa isip mo nung unang dating mo di sa unang pagdating mo sa ibang bansa na ito lang gagawin ko, itong gagawin ko, itong gagawin ko. It opens yourself into this big big world that you never thought it's going to happen
0: to you. Something like that. Ano sa palagay mo yung pinakamalaking challenge na kinaharap mo na sa buong karanasan mo bilang isang migrant worker?
1: Um, Ang pinakamalaking challenge, okay, most Filipino migrant workers will relate to this, but um, biggest challenge is saying no. Mm. When you are a foreign (laughs) worker, you have to learn to say no. And to our listeners out there, um, if you do come across an opportunity to work abroad, or not even work abroad, eh, when you have the opportunity to be a significant um, breadwinner or significant... Resource provider for your family. You need to learn to say no. When I came here, nakakasilaw, lalo na dito sa atens sa Singapore. Na gadgets are extremely cheap. Cell phones, laptops, TVs. Um, think of say it. Any electronic trinket that you could think of. It's very tempting to buy, and then you know you you will have relatives and friends and say, hey, Ed, baka ng ganyito, ng and to say no to small requests like that medyo masakit kasi may mga taong mag, may mga kamag-anak at kaibigan ka na magtatanong and nakakasama na loob actually because nando na yung masasusumbatan mo sila ng bakit ikaw nag-abroad ka naman bakit mo hinihingi sa akin or um dati no hindi mo naman ako hindi naman ako nasa ibang bansa hindi mo naman ako pinapansin ngayon best friend mo na ako <laughs> so y- yung mga situations like that so Iyan yung masasabi ko, napakahirap eh, na uh, <laughs> marami akong, uh, I, I've had a lot of um, fellow OFW friends and confidants who told me the same exact thing. Na pag nagkaroon ka na ng significant opportunity to earn, dadami ang kamag-anak mo at saka kaibigan mo. And to say no to those, mahirap, napakahirap, lalo na kung pamilya mo.
0: I understand where you're coming from. So mga pagkakatao na ganito na you're facing challenges at work or in the personal life, saan ka o kanino ka humuhugot ng lakas you know, to keep yourself doing what you're supposed to be doing?
1: Okay. Um, five years ago, when I get tired and when I get depressed or I get bored, I, go, I do two things. I drink and I smoke. I give in to worldly people uh, ways to escape. I go out, I go party. But um, on the latter years of my life, when I've realized that how pain how pointless that is, the way that I cope right now is that number one, I pray. I read the scripture. I talk to my wife about my current problems. And number two is I try to step back and Remember what are the objectives that I now have. Pag nakakasawa na and I, you know, when things are not so good in the office or things are not really happening the way that you want them to be, I have to remind myself that five years ago, before having this opportunity, that I did not run after. Binigay lang nang We were we were surviving. I was working in the Philippines, earning decently in the Philippines. I had no plans of going abroad, and yet God threw this opportunity. I have to remember that whether I have this um, whether I have this opportunity or not, whether it's I have it now next year or it's going to get taken away in the future, I have to remember that God has an ultimate purpose for everybody and wagahum masyadong kumapit sa current situation whether it's good or bad that's pretty much it um, i try my best not to to be pessimistic especially in current situations or in current circumstances but you know that's been god's been really good
0: what lessons have you learned along the way you know you've been around for about 6 years as a minor worker are there any significant lessons that really stuck to you
1: uh, tata eko man, yung mahabahabato. Are ah. you ready?
0: Okay, <laughs> <laughs> we have time. We'll come on, guys. all
1: right. Uh, to our, to our listeners, yes, to, <laughs> to our listeners, to <laughs> the listeners of this podcast, guys. Um, it's only been six years, and I would like to say na mayo na mga colleagues dito. Na they've been here 15 years, 20 years. 25 years, it's been an amazing journey for them. Na hindi ko, hindi ko imagine that na nandito ako sa ibang bansa for that long. And they've been imparting a lot of lessons to me. And I've learned another set of them along the way. But the top five that I would like to share to the listeners and to you that I go right now is number one, um, everything is temporal. When you go abroad, when you are in OFW, you always have to be. You always have to have a mindset that sooner or later, you will go home. There is a possibility that you will go home. The money that you're earning right now may not be there forever. So, on that context, lesson number one is you always need to prioritize saving for the future. Not iPads, not iPhones, not that car that you've always dreamed of, not that condo in Makati. Cash is king no matter what happens. Whether it's 1945 or it's the year 2020, cash will always be king. That's number one. Number two, the golden ratio of um, managing your finance as well is that 20% of your income immediately goes to savings, 20% immediately goes to investments, the rest goes to expenses. If you really want to have a budget for your leisure and entertainment, as much as possible, 10%. Number three is I would advise everyone to tithe, especially for the Christians. Christ himself, in um, advocated tithing, whether you're Catholic or you're a born-again Christian, it doesn't matter. All sects, all Christian sects, encourage you to give freely and from your heart, and... This is the only commandment that God wants you to test Him on. So I really encourage you guys, ladies, um, all the listeners, that if you can tithe, please do and watch how God's blessings will pour into your family. Number four is it's okay to say no. Going back to the lesson that I learned, the heaviest <laughs> lesson that I learned. And dami big kamag When people found out that I wasn't going to Singapore, wow, and dami friends, and dami kung mga pinsan na big suddenly they realized I exist. It's okay to say no to family, especially when you have your objectives in your life of what you want to achieve, how much money do you want to set aside for your financial freedom, and knowing the fact that you're not going to be an OFW forever. Number five is. Being an OFW, this is, this, uh, tata, this is just a perspective. Being an OFW, you don't do this or you don't choose this life dahil lang gusto mong kumita ng malaking pera. Being an OFW is an accelerator. I want to erase that notion from our listeners right now that gusto mo maging OFW kasi yayaman ka. No, that's not the case. I can tell you so many stories of OFWs across the board or across the world, na sa Filipinas, wala silang at yung When you become an OFW, it is an accelerator. The honest truth about it right now is that when you, when you become an immigrant worker, you are exposed to several or a, a whole lot of opportunities that will give you the chance to earn money that, let's face it, it will be very difficult to earn it in the Philippines. And with that opportunity, it's not going. It's not like you're going to. Um, it's not like you're going to have that mindset. now, okay. Let's say I'm I'm 28 right now, and then I become an immigrant worker. Most people think now, from the age of 28 until the age of 65, they're going to earn the same thing or higher forever and ever. They have that. Uh, people have that tendency. When you choose to have the life, uh, you, when you choose to live the life of an OFW you have to focus, you have to always remember, it's quite similar to item number four, you always have to remember why ka you in the first place. Stop running after, the Stop. you don't run after the money, or you don't run after just the money. You run after the learning opportunities, you run after your objectives, and you run after the fact that it's not going to last forever. You have to remember that. Being a migrant worker is not, a forever story. That's it. Those are the five wisdoms that I can share right now. And <laughs> Someone told me that less than 2% of the Filipino population is insured. Um, I don't know if that's true, but if it is, it's very, very sad. And I would like to um, encourage our listeners and, our, and your fans, Tata Echo, that mm-hmm. you, as much as possible, get an insurance plan. Yes,
0: please do. <laughs> it's going to yes, it's going to <laughs> your
1: it's going to save your family, it's going to save yourself from a lot of headache. It's a gift not for yourself but it's going to be a gift for your for your children and for your spouse.
0: Um So palagi mo ba Ed, uh para sa lahat ba ang pagiging isang migrante?
1: No. I would say no. Bilis ng sagot, no.
0: ha. Ah. <laughs>
1: It's uh, I've been thinking about that question for quite some time na uh, when people go abroad, uh, ay, may, mga, may mga pamangkin kasi ako tsaka mga pinsan na tinatanong yan eh, na sa tingin nyo po ba dito okay lang na mag-abroad ako? Okay lang ba na ganito? Punta ako dito, punta ako dyan, tas kikita ko ng pera, tas yayaman ako. Um, ang naging immediate na impression sa akin is these kids think na pag naging OFW ka, instant yaman ka. And then when I ask them, ano ba yung trabaho plano mong kunin? Oh, uh, gusto ko maging uh, waiter sa Saudi. or gusto ko maging construction or safety officer sa, sa Aramco sa Saudi Arabia. Or I, I go here or punta rin Singapore. Sometimes, ang immediate expectation is pag OFW equals maraming pera. Um, OFW does not always necessarily mean that. Kung, kung maya-atras ko ang panahon at masasabi ko sa, sa kanila na mas maaga, if an opportunity in the Philippines strikes at you, or you strikes to you, or, or an opportunity comes to you, and it's actually sufficient, and that opportunity is sufficient for you to, to fulfill your objectives and your goals, huwag ka nang umalis. Don't run after it. Huwag mong ipilit na lumabas na ibang bansa para lang sa pera. I have seen people who have been far more successful than I am and they never left the country. If they're going to say, eh, hey, hindi naman ako kumikita, no, yung sahod ko naman, hindi naman ganun kalaki, paano mo nasabi yan, There are other financial instruments that they can use, that they can learn to, to understand so that they can have multiple income streams. Most people like you and me, pag OFW tayo, we're not allowed to do business here in Singapore. So ang sahod natin, yun lang ang income natin. Mm-hmm. ba tatay yeah. For them in the, in the Philippines, they actually have the golden opportunity na apart from working, they can invest in other instruments. They can do business. And if they really wanted to, they can live the life that they want. it's possible for them to live the life that they want even without becoming an immigrant worker so to you know to to summarize all of that it's really not for everybody and the way that you decide if it's your it's for you or if it's not is that take uh, take a good hard look and assess your current situation right now if it is sufficient or if it's not if it's not sufficient are there other opportunities in the Philippines that you can consider for you to have, uh, to have the capital and the resources to do and live the life that you like? Kung talagang wala, that's the only time you might want to consider becoming an OFW.
0: Spoken like a true financial professional.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hindi naman ako magiging plastic. Because if, like in, the, in my story, hindi ko hiningi. Bigla siyang dumating. You would be foolish if you said immediately said no to opportunities like this. So to the listeners, pag may na opportunity, go, go ahead, grab it. But always remember those five items that I mentioned and the fact na you assess first. Tignan mo muna kung na situation mo sa Pilipinas. Kung talagang it's not enough then that's the only. I would say that that's the uh, that's the time for you to say, yeah, go ahead. Sacrifice being with your family, um, Go in a foreign land, sleep sleep in a dormitory, eat foreign food. There's quite a number of trade offs that you will be shocked when you see it for the first time, and it will not. yung homesickness, yung being homesick, it's not something you just encounter on the first week or the first month of of being an OFW. It, homesickness will always be there hanggat wala ka sa, wala ka sa bahay mo, wala ka sa loob ng bahay mo.
0: So maybe some parting words to our listeners out there, especially for those who, who say, prepared na ako maging OFW. What would you like to say to them? Well, first
1: off, congratulations, guys. Um, if you have that opportunity, it's a rare one, and I'm sure you must have thought it long and hard the few things that I would impart with you as a as a fellow OFW is number one, always make sure na, always make sure that you have all of your documents handy. Number two, always know where your where the Philippine embassy is in wherever country you are in. Know the phone number, know the address, know contacts. Number three is that is. Um, Get in touch with a Filipino community or in a, any community. Actually, it doesn't have to be Filipino. But establish a community wherever you are, whether it's for a sport or it's for a for a church or for any hobby. It doesn't matter. But having a good community that you can blow off steam and do some uh, fellowship uh you can establish some fellow a certain extent of fellowship with them it's going to help you 100%. Number 5, um uh, save. Save 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 save. Kasi guys, I I mean I can't emphasize it I cannot emphasize it. I cannot emphasize it enough na pag nasa ibang bansa na kayo, pag nandito na kayo sa Singapore or nasa Saudi kayo, lalo na sa Saudi, murang-mura lang ang mga gadget. Murang-mura lang ang toys, ang laptop, ang cellphone that can wait. What is more important is that you save
0: and get your insurance policies. Yeah, that's it. Thank you. Wise words indeed. Maraming salamat for giving us your time today to join us for the podcast. We appreciate very much your time. Salamat, bro. Thank you. Maraming
1: salamat for the opportunity to share. And I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm selling anything, but for (laughs) anyone who doesn't have, who have any questions or for anyone who has any questions, just let them to let them reach out to me. I'm more than happy to uh, to answer them.
0: Thank you for offering Ed, and uh, thank you very much for your time. I'm sure yung listeners mga listeners mararaming matnatutunan sa sa podcast interview natin yung hapon.
1: <laughs>
0: well, I hope so. Thank you very much, Ed, and uh, we'll see you around.
1: Thank you, thank you, Tata Eko. See you around. <music>
0: You know, you know, you know, Maraming salamat, our sa guest, Mr. Ed Xianghyo. Congratulations in advance on your firstborn and may your wife have a safe delivery. Bhagavatay magtapos, let me share with you a quote from famous philosopher Socrates Contentment is natural wealth, luxury is artificial poverty. Muli po ito si Tata Eko na nagsasabing, Remember, you can't change the day, but you can change your attitude towards it. So be someone's reason to smile today. This is Today with Tata Eko.